welcome to the Hero's Journey Economy podcast. Today we have Sri Rajakapalan with us. He is the SVP of e-commerce and digital sales at Revlon. And prior to that, he's had digital roles at both J&J, Frito-Lay, and the marketing research firm IRI. He's a public speaker. You may have seen him out on the CPG conference tour. He's a successful real estate investor and also an angel investor in the supplement company startup Upgrade. Shree's going to mention several trends he's seeing within the consumer packaged goods industry and other industries that many people are not talking about. This is a podcast you're going to want to take careful notes on, and we hope to have Shree back again to give us an update on what he's seeing maybe later this year. So with no further ado, here's Shree Rajakapal. Hey, Shree, welcome today. Really appreciate you being on. Hey, Maya, thank you so much for having me on the hero's journey, though I can definitely tell you I don't qualify to be on a, any sort of a hero's journey because I haven't earned that badge yet. Well, I think you have. I think some of the stuff you do definitely qualifies for hero's journey. Uh, you don't have to slay monsters to be in the hero's journey. I think a lot of what I see with the hero's journey is, is people cutting their own path in life. You're definitely doing that. So you're well on that journey, I think. I don't, I don't, I don't know, Maya, but I'm lucky to have had many mentors in life who were nice enough to coach, guide, advice, pull me up. You being one of them, I remember you being one of my managers back in the days at IRI in the late 90s. And it's never too late to say thank you one more time. So here it is. Thank you for your guidance and coaching from back in the days as well. Oh, thank you. And thanks for being on today. I know you've got a lot of things going on in your life as far as uh, different businesses and starting. Let's talk about the the supplement business. You know, that one is interesting because as I look at consumer trends out there, I'm seeing a lot more spending on, some people would call it self-improvement. I I call it transformation where people, instead of people maybe buying more indulgent products, luxury goods, there seems to be much more of a focus to to the high-end bike in, in the home or, you know, things that are a little bit more taking people to the next level, right? Transformational, self-improvement. What, what's going on with that company? If you can speak to like where you are and, sure, what, sure. and, and what's, what's the niche there? Cause you know, you're stepping into an area of supplements that, you know, there's a lot out there. What, what makes yours maybe different than others? Absolutely. Mike, before we get into supplements, sure. of course you are where I work for Revlon today yeah. as the SVP running digital and e-commerce there, but I dabbled in real estate when I lived in Texas for eight years, the benefit of not having to pay state income taxes. Um, now, of course, I mean, with the, what my kids do in the music and entertainment business with the record label, but supplements really comes from, you just, you just mentioned a few seconds ago about improvement, improving life, self-improvement, things of that nature. Um, I worked for Johnson & Johnson four and a half years and what I can categorically tell you one thing that I learned is one of the biggest trends taking place in the industry in healthcare is this word called self-care and what self-care really is is um, with the unprecedented availability of information content that you can consume people willing to share more than before transparent traceability of ingredients it seems that humans now, before they want to um, entrust their hands, unless, of course, it's a um, sudden incident, before they want to entrust their hands in a care provider, they want to research better, understand better, 
And rather than shoot for solutions when problems happen, uh, humans are tending more towards taking care of themselves, aka self-care, to avoid complications and problems with their health in the first place. Hence, I see a minor trend that will pick up over time, moving away from, let's say, pharmacy-based drugs or chemically-induced drugs. You know, an aspirin at the end of the day is nothing but chemical, ibuprofen, things of that nature, uh, to trends such as why not first explore, research, understand the healing properties of curcumin, um, research it, understand it, and as you're probably aware, curcumin actually uh, works on inflammation. Oh, yeah. And if used steadily over the course of two weeks or three weeks at the right levels quality, the results kind of show for themselves. Uh, with uh, self-care, everything is about discipline, taking care of yourself, and ensuring um, you do the right things at the right time. So hence, Upgrade.me was born. Our founder's name is Justin Kameen. I'm a marketing advisor and an investor, played an influential role in starting up the company. Uh, it's a subscription-based model, anti-inflammation. Um, I can't tell you much more about what the ingredients are, but you can go check out our website. It's $34.99 monthly, two a day. It's uh, primarily ashwagandha, as well as turmeric, aka anti-inflammation, also known as curcumin. So do check it out, Mike, when you have a chance. Yeah, I will do. I take uh, cucurbit and turmeric quite a bit. I put it in a in a shake every morning, and I definitely notice a big difference after running or different things from a inflammation standpoint. It's it. I don't take ibuprofen or aspirin, and it's a natural way of dealing with inflammation. It's uh, so I'll definitely Absolutely good for you, Mike. Yeah, I'll look at. I I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you what a big favor you're doing your body by avoiding chemically based solutions and moving to natural alternatives. You know, here's, here's just a fun humorous thing. I remember as a child, uh, whenever we'd get an infection or we'd get an injury where we'd have a swelling from the cricket out in the streets in India, my mom would give us this mixture of half a glass of warm milk with turmeric and we'd laugh at her and we'd actually ask for the ibuprofen or the aspirin. Um, it's funny how life comes around and now after research and so much older, decades older, I'm like, Mom was right in the first place. It is kind of a natural wonder drug. I don't want to call it a drug. I want it because it has true healing natural properties without the greatest thing about self-care is you rarely find side effects when you truly research and embrace self-care because A, you are working on avoidance versus solutions, short-term solutions, which means you're probably using products that in the first place don't have side effects and don't cause other unwanted situations or problems at all. Does that make sense, Mike? Yeah, yeah. They're all natural, so they there's no side effects to it, right? It's not something that yeah, yeah. Man, man has created it with side effects. It's something that's natural in nature, and it's something everyone probably should be taking, right? Another, another great example, Mike, I'll just quickly mention is sleep. You know, sleep, of course, is in the conversations repeatedly in healthcare these days. And the wonder drug that's being pushed out there is melatonin, which of course is a chemical and melatonin makes you drowsy. And you know, once you're drowsy, maybe you go to sleep or not, but melatonin is given a lot of credit these days for helping people sleep or putting them short term to sleep for a few hours. But it's a chemical at the end of the day. And I'm sure a few years later, it's side effects will be research, et cetera. 
but when you look at fenugreek which uh, is a he- which is a healthy natural alternative fenugreek actually has calming properties and uh, again taken over time with discipline if you can actually do a practice of self care every day calm yourself down and boom get the results you see maybe you don't go to sleep but if you're generally calmer you can probably come in the night earlier and have a better day overall yeah it's that it is it is funny how everything's coming back to what like you said your your mom would give you this you know there it's 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 all out there in the world these net natural solutions that uh we've kind of maybe as a society stepped away from but it definitely sounds i agree with you people are taking a little bit more ownership of their health and when they start to do that these natural solutions start to really bubble up as as uh not just alternatives to drugs but really the, the the probably the primary way people should be approaching their health right so mike i might have to say dragging on your podcast publicly mom you were right i was wrong grandma you were right i was wrong you win <laughs> it is uh, it is kind of the apple a day keeps the doctor away right there's some of those the less you can take that's not natural it's it's probably a pretty good path this inflammation thing if you listen to like you know i i recently got uh, tom brady's book and you can like tom brady or you can dislike tom brady but the facts are he's played in the nfl uh longer than most quarterbacks ever have and when he's all done he'll have almost every stat that a quarterback could have and it's some of them are based on you know some of them are based on bursts of just superior for performance but some of it's uh also longevity I think one of his big things he talks about is and credits his longevity to is anti-inflammatory. You know, just what can you do either a food standpoint or a rest standpoint to reduce inflammation in your body. I think it's something that they're going to be exploring a lot more. His wife and he publicly share how they're into natural versus chemical. Uh they talk about it all the time and you're so right Mike. anti-inflammation is one of the biggest things he says has been best with his whole quarterback career for the patriots that has helped him stay on his feet so long well into his early 40s but i'm no patriots fan i'm lifelong giants fan i do want to remind you it was uh, eli junior who did beat him twice in the super bowl the only one who holds that credit Yeah, I'm I'm not a Patriots fan either, but I am in awe of his accomplishments, right? I don't think we can debate that. I don't yeah. think we can debate his accomplishments. They will probably you heard it here first on Mike's show, the hero's journey. There will probably be no quarterback at the elite level that Brady has played ever in history. His story is an amazing one because he was drafted very low in, in the draft, right? I think it was 199th. So it's uh he was not a sought after quarterback coming out of college and it's it's just an amazing story what he's been able to do and i distinctly remember when bledsoe was discarded by the giants and he moved to the patriots it was an injury to bledsoe that gave brady a chance to start a game for the patriots in the rest of course's history yeah right it never yeah it is uh, but i have been reading his book and it's pretty interesting and i know some of the stuff that he does i guess it's controversial but i think funny i think all this stuff always comes from the fringe so one person's controversial thing to is is another person's mainstream 
in a couple of years. So I think some of the things that he's touting about flexibility and infl- and controlling inflammation are, are probably going to be things that he will be over time. I, I, I will predict that he, he's, there'll be probably more things in there that are reinforced and credible after time rather than uh, criticized after time. I think he, I think he's on to a lot of, I'm not saying everything in his, his book is, is possibly going to be proven out to be right, but I think he's on the right path with a lot of the things he's doing. I think you're right. right. There's one other thing over there that I think is very unique with Tom Brady and folks like um, Peyton Manning. We saw that as well. In the spirit of the conversation we're having now and just having a better life, right? Like improving your life. Both of them, from a mental wellness standpoint, an often ignored subject, controversy-free, like Absolutely controversy-free, which means mentally you're already probably advantaged because you stay out of the limelight of problems and uh, you just have a better life because you get all that time you otherwise dedicate to problems, to your life, your family, to your loved ones, and you just stay happy and healthy. No, you're right. Uh, both those people seem very well adjusted for the most part, considering it's, it's a different lifestyle than you and I. I mean, his, his wife, I think, makes more than him. I think his wife is estimated to make around $25 that million a year. So their combined income is somewhere in the $50 million range. But they do. he seems to have it. And, and Peyton Manning, they, they both seem to have a pretty good sense of who they are and their feet are on the ground, for sure. Yeah, I just I just feel, you know, mental wellness was a big part of it, staying controversy free and reinvesting that time. You know, if you're if you're in the middle of problems and you're in the middle of controversy, wrong or right, it's so many hours of your day gone wasted from productivity that they've reinvested in other ways to be who they are. And it's and speaking of improving life, you know, another topic that comes to my mind is the mental wellness space. Have you been thinking about it lately, Mike? Oh yeah. Just in yeah. Uh, for this podcast. It's a big piece. Meditation, mindfulness, getting to sleep. Yeah, it's all it's all part of it, right? Meditation was another one that in, you know, younger days I've encountered many a person who would tell me about sitting, not fidgeting, uh be silent, kind of just focus, think of nothing and I found it hard to do. Uh, but I would also make fun of it as something really silly. You know, again, as age comes around and I get older, um, I will be the first proponent of medication. I think now there's science and research around it as well. It's tough to argue with data and results. Meditation probably is one of those most recommended improve your life moments that you can control with no investment whatsoever. Um, unless, of course, you need a, you, you're one of those that needs a group setting, but like five minutes a day of just... Investing in, your, in yourself with meditation, I think the value one can get from that is so exponential that it's probably hard to even estimate. There's a lot of data points out there. If you take a look at, familiar with Tim Ferriss, he's written a book, Tools of Titans, and he's interviewed all these high performers across all these different types of lines of work from, from uh, sports, but also like stand-up comics and scientists and politicians and across the board. And oftentimes people say, what's the common theme? Do, do you see some? And his, his most common theme is, hey, some of these people get no sleep. Some of them get a lot of sleep. Some of them eat right. Some of them don't. He goes, but almost all of them meditate. It, it's a common theme. Fascinating. All this. It's uh, fascinating. Think about it. My back in, back in 1997, when we worked together, if we had run across that piece of data and both you and I had meditated all our lives, 
I wonder what we'd be doing now. I know it sounds kind of woo-woo to, to meditate. Marines are actually, Navy SEALs, they, they don't call it meditation. They call it box breathing. So you're focusing on your breath. You breathe in, counting four. You hold it for four. You exhale four. Then you don't do anything for four. They call it box breathing, but it's really kind of controlling your breath and focusing on your breath, with the, which is a form of mindfulness. They call it square breathing or bro, uh, box breathing. That's a fairly no-nonsense organization. They wouldn't be doing it if they didn't see some kind of oh my gosh yes, Mike. Right? <laughs> right you know they no, have no no kidding Mike. and even uh i take a look at it some of the insurance companies are giving uh breaks for people who download apps that are the meditative so i, I think you're right that the numbers are there that it makes a positive impact i think it was they were kind of uh, squishy numbers at first but now i think it's pretty conclusive either looking at what insurance companies are saying about it, what organizations like the Marines are saying about it. It's, uh, it's something everyone should be looking at for sure. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I don't think we can debate that whatsoever. If there's one big takeaway, I think, from this episode of the podcast, we can pass on to your listeners, if nothing else, get five minutes for yourself a day. And there's no better way to self-invest than yourself than being calm, not fidgeting around, not moving around, and just giving your body, even if you don't like the word meditate, you don't like the word uh, soul, self, uh, self-oriented self calmness, just, just think about the value of five minutes of rest and how it kind of re-energizes your body. That's what meditation is about. When done with the proper techniques like breathing, you just spoke of a few minutes ago, the value is just exponential because not only are you recharging the batteries in your body, you're also fine-tuning it for the next race. One person uh, I was reading about it said, you know, we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of them are the same thoughts. You know, we are in kind of a auto repeat with a lot of those thoughts each day. And there's some real health to stopping that. If only to, for your point, for five, you you know, for five minutes to stop that. Because of those 70,000, a lot of them are auto repeat. Some of them aren't that positive. Some of them are kind of self, not self-hate, but not, not that inc- encouraging and kind of stop that for five minutes. Just not think about, so it's not easy, but just kind of focus on breath or just stop the thoughts. If only for a short period of time, they're, they're saying that as little as a minute per day <laughs> could have huge benefits. It, depending on who you are and, uh, and the thoughts that you have each day, just being able to disconnect from that. I think especially now in this hyper-connected world, there used to be a time where, where if you had to stand in line at the store, that's all you did is stand in line at the store. <laughs> and now you gotta, you're, you're checking your phone, right? You're checking what's going on. No one's actually sitting quietly anymore. That almost every kind of... Kind of sad... It's yeah. kind of sad in some ways. It's like when you're taking an elevator seven floors up, you whip out your phone because 12 seconds is too long to be alone. Calm and there's a headspace and there's a couple apps on phones that can, that can help people that struggle with that. But I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. Oh, there is no debate. Yep, no debate. One other thing I wanted to mention just in the CPG industry, you talked about just improving lifestyles and how people are wanting to constantly, you know, that's why we called our supplements company Upgrade. But upgrading lifestyles, etc. One thing I noticed is in the cosmetic space, yeah. how consumers are trading up and away from day-to-day, everyday cosmetics that are in the mass space to more skincare oriented that has efficacies for the consumer, such as something to do with improvement of the skin health, as opposed to a temporary cosmetic that gives you four hours of an outcome, maybe with a shine perhaps, 
on one part of your body, such as a nail or a lip, etc., versus something that's more skin-oriented, acne and solution-oriented, uh, maybe just overall skin health and sun protection. So we're noticing a trend in consumers actually trading up to move more into skin health versus routine four-hour solutions for cosmetics. Just a small observation itself tells me that consumers in our industry, the CPG industry today, are wanting to trade up bigger, better, faster, more into upgrading their day-to-day elements of consumption habits. Interesting. So you're seeing a movement from health taking a bigger priority maybe uh, when they start to take a look at some of these things. Beauty is still important, but they're looking for things that make their skin healthier as well as maybe uh, helps it. Actually more meaningful for me and is is helping me avoid problems as opposed to a short-term four-hour solve, which you know gives me an efficacy for four hours and then I'm back to square when I have to use it again. But you know, with 10 uses, can I solve a problem in the long run because I'm trying to avoid a problem in the first place? It's back to what we discussed right at the beginning of the podcast, which is how do you avoid problems and not try to solve them once they once they've uh, happened? Another, you know, this this is why consumers and their consumption habits are looking for clean alternatives, natural alternatives, least amount of additives, things of that nature. It's again upgrading their lifestyle, and to me. This whole lifestyle improvement philosophy comes from one thing alone. It's the availability and living in the golden era of content. So content, data, information that's readily available at your fingertips. One can virtually research anything. I'm not going to say everything that's reached is 100% accurate, but you know, five out of 10 times, you're going to get an answer that's actually reasonably accurate. While it's not perfect to make a decision on, it's directionally accurate to make a decision on. So there's an unprecedented availability of content and consumers are taking a lot of that overall healthcare journey, bringing a focus back on health and saying, hey, can I solve problems before they happen? Can I keep myself clean, whole? And can I keep myself pure from day one as opposed to going through incidents or interventions somewhere many times in life? that solve a problem for eight hours and 12 hours, why not avoid things in the first place? That is amazing, right? That I actually I, I actually think, Mike, if you fast forward 10 years from now, yoga retreats, meditation retreats are going to be exponentially more popular than they are today. And I eventually see those may not even be 10 years away, maybe five years away, my prediction here, again, you heard her first year on Mike's show on the hero's journey. Five years from today, yoga and meditation retreats will be built into corporate plans for healthcare. I would not be surprised. You know, the first podcast I had, we had a person on from uh, the Transformational Travel Bureau, and it's they're seeing it in travel, just like you're seeing it in, in CPG, where people are trying to buy things to improve. There are people looking for journeys when they go out there you know, on travel rather than just sitting by the pool and drinking a cocktail. They really want to improve themselves. So, and that can take on different flavors. Some people are hiking uh, Machu Picchu, but, but a lot of it is retreat, yoga. It's, they want to come back from a trip improved. And whatever that is, that means different things for different people because oftentimes if you're going to really improve on something, sincerely make an improvement on something, you'd normally have to test 
your body. Like it has to be challenged. Many of these transformational journeys are not uh, necessarily easy or pleasant. There's, yeah. a, there's you know, uh, just like to build a bicep muscle, you have to test it. You have to, you have to push it to a limit. What they're finding is in a lot of this improvement area, the same thing. You have to be pushed to a certain point. Otherwise, you come back the same person. You have to have some kind of either mental or physical breakthrough. And oftentimes that means uh, being tested in some way. Fasting, maybe an arduous journey or meditation itself can be somewhat of a test to people as far as trying to be quiet. So uh, what you're seeing in CPG is, is happening in a lot of, a lot of other economies. 1000%. Yes, Mike. Uh, you just mentioned fasting. I've been reading quite a bit and researching intermittent fasting. I see it often, many peers in the industry mentioning it on LinkedIn. The fact that intermittent fasting is even mentioned on LinkedIn is a big deal. And um, I'm going to give it a shot. It appears that eating within an 11-hour window every day, whatever that window is, but sticking to the discipline may actually bring about exponential health benefits to the to the human body and I'm researching it more maybe uh, maybe at another podcast if you and I get a chance to chat again we can chat about that as well but there seems to be some efficacy there as well tree and I are not doctors it's something I have oh, tried. definitely it, not it's something I have tried tree I'm a big believer I do that I used to have our, our ancestors oh, cool. our ancestors did not wake up and eat pancakes and uh, I think a lot of it I think has to go back to, to those days where they probably went a fair amount of the day without eating and then they did eat and then they you know they were tired and they went to bed <laughs> you know one of the things Mike you just brought to my attention by mentioning that is I moved to the city about a year and a half ago. One one of the ways I feel I've upgraded my lifestyle by moving into the city is I get to walk a lot on my feet, which living in the suburbs for 25 years, whether it was in New Jersey, Connecticut, or Dallas, I never did because it was garage to parking lot, back to garage 99% of the time. And I relied on the gym for any form of what I would say relevant exercise of any form. Uh, here, I use the public transportation system a lot. I get on the MTA subways, and the subway is a good 15 minutes away from my home. So just a round trip to work, I'm guaranteed a 30-minute walk every day. So I've started to think of movement of the human body as very beneficial, exponential exercise to the body with remarkable health benefits. And I feel, you know, how... Going to the gym is almost an obsession in this country. I do go to the gym, by the way, so disclaimer. Um, but, but I feel what's more important these days is movement, which means it could be getting up from bed to go get yourself a glass of water, five calories knocked off, just in a sheer act. But it's just movement through the day. When you're in the office 11 or 12 hours or 10 hours in the workplace, don't sit on your desk 10, 10 11 hours. Even during business meetings, as opposed to being sitting down in a chair and presenting, stand up and present. Walk around the room as you chat or you have ideas to bring to the table or you're talking to your peers. Just the notion of movement. Go to the coffee station. I'm not encouraging you to drink coffee five times a day, but substitute it for water. Get that way automatically, you'll have five glasses of water. Uh, take breaks two, three times a day just to go smell fresh air and oxygen in the atmosphere around you. But in the process, build a 500-step walk each time you do that up and down the building, wherever you may work. I feel the whole notion of exercise, calorific loss, value, etc., 
we we have overhyped it with gyms, but I want to kind of just for a few seconds, Mike, just introduce that whole concept of movement. Think of every movement you do in your human body as an opportunity to bring well-being to yourself. Does that make sense, Mike? No, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, your mention of how how we were created as humans to have to find our food reminded me of that. But I don't want to. You said something very important in the last statement, right? Come back home, chill, relax, watch an episode of your favorite show, Netflix, watch a, uh, read a book. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to also state here is the importance of doing that, giving yourself some relaxed me time every single day. I feel upgrading your life. A lot of it also is getting yourself some me time every day. For example, my me time every day is I actually like going to the gym. I don't go to the gym anymore because I'm getting a, a physical exercise. In my early 40s, I started weightlifting. Like, what are the odds? I actually enjoy using strength training and resistance machines. It's like I feel like it's my me time. It brings me joy as opposed to calorific burn. That's why I like to go there. But it's my me time. And in that me time that I spend an hour at the gym, I'm listening to my favorite rock songs by Led Zepp, Ozzy Osbourne, Motley Crue. It's like my safe space to listen to the music that I like, chill out, relax, and I feel that that hour reinvigorates me so much as a result. And whatever that hour is, 30 minutes is for each of you, I want to encourage you all to take that time for yourself. It's called me time. If it's a book, so be it. Enjoy reading the book thoroughly and reward yourself with it. Yeah, what, what time of day do you go, Shri, just out of curiosity? Are you, uh, do you do it in the morning or in the evening? I'm after work. I'm fortunate that I'm blessed in my place of employment to have a gym right in the basement of the building. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. My okay. dream someday, my dream though, Mike, is to wake up at 5.30 a.m. and get and be there at 6.15 in the morning. But because it's my me time, it's working well for me after work because after the daily pace of life at work, I feel like that hour-long session for me is a relaxing agent for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I'm with you. Some real positive things that happen by lifting weights through space uh, for both men and women. I think there's to, to have that, uh, your muscles being tested that way. You know, it doesn't have to be anything kind of crazy. It doesn't have to be some of the more aggressive fitness programs out there like CrossFit or, or, or Spartan or anything like that. But just something that gets you moving in space is, uh, I'm with you. I think, I think there's a lot to that. Mike, one other thing, one other last thing also came to mind here for me in terms of just upgrading your life and improving your life, etc. in the spirit of the theme of our, our podcast today. And that is sharing and giving. You know, the older, the older I've gotten, the longer I've been planet Earth, I've also realized the importance of sharing and giving. Um, you know, not everyone can write million dollar checks to others to improve others' lives, charity, et cetera. But I believe knowledge sharing, like what you're trying to do on the show, that's a big deal of improving not just your lifestyle, but at the same time, uplifting others with you. You know, and, and, and there's no greater joy in uplifting yourself on planet Earth than uplifting and doing for someone else. So I encourage everybody, whatever it is, especially as we come around to the Christmas holiday time frame, the holiday season is upon us. Whatever you can do, to uplift anybody and it's not your uplifting is not measured in terms of a quantifiable value of how many people did you touch or how many dollars you gave even if you touch one human being with one single meal you made a difference in that person's life 
you may change how that person's outlook for the day is. And in, as a result, the joy that you get back in reason, do it even if it's for the selfishness reason of you feeling happy for yourself, but the joy you will get back and how you will uplift yourself, it's, it's infectious. Yeah, I have found... Uh, I mean, that's what you're doing yeah. on the show. You're sharing well, knowledge. I think at the end of the day, we don't feel this way with, when we're in our cars, when we're in our world. But at the end of the day, we're all in this together. It, Absolutely, it Mike. It, it doesn't feel like that sometimes. Lately, there seems to be this divisiveness in this country. But, you know, we're all in this together from a global standpoint. I think that whole idea of looking for ways to be... Uh, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Joe Rogan. On one of those podcasts, in a day... Look for, wake up with the idea of how can I be a hero to someone else during the day? And you're right. It could be holding the elevator you know, or, or just Absolutely, or, letting, Mike. Or, Absolutely. Or, letting, or letting someone go in front of you in line if they don't have a lot of things, you know, that type of, it's not the, it's not the big catching people falling out of a building and stuff. It's not that. It's not the superhero stuff. It's, it's the very mundane, but very human things that we do for each other on a day-to-day basis. It makes the world a nicer place to live too, if nothing else. <laughs> it is contagious. And I have, the, I have the confidence that America, irrespective of the divisiveness, this country is made up of much more strength than people give it credit to be. You know, country's been kind to me. I immigrated here 27 years ago for the land of opportunity. I've truly been one of those that has received from this country. I don't think we can debate that at all. But I have supreme confidence, no matter how much divisiveness is brought to this country, the people of this country have the willpower, the knowledge, as well as the perseverance to persevere and keep on going. Yeah, that's well said. I agree with you totally. It, it's, I think sometimes we sell ourselves short just how, how great this place is. And uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Greatest country on earth. Can't be debated. It's definitely, it's definitely a place that dreams can be fulfilled. For sure. You bet. Um, you bet. There's a lot of opportunities here. I mean, they always said it's a land of opportunity and it may sound like cliche, but it's uh, on a lot of different areas. It's a, it's a, it's, it's an interesting experiment of a country. And I think it's, uh, you're right. I think it's a, and I think our better days are even in front of us. I think sometimes people look and say, you know, they reminisce about the good old days, but uh, good old days weren't always good for everybody. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it anywhere else on planet earth. I can guarantee you that. I'm with you. I I thank, I'm very thankful for where, for where I live and the opportunities here. It's, uh, it's something that uh, we have a bit there. You know, you, you're reminded of it every day because you're not from here originally. But uh, I think it's something that, that you know, Shri, I really want to thank you for being on the podcast today. You're fairly active social in the, in the social media. A lot of our listeners are going to probably want to, if they haven't heard of you before, if this is the first time they're hearing about you, where can they find you out on, on the Internet? The best way, Mike, is I'm very active on LinkedIn, posting usually some content that I like to share very often. I would say at least twice a week, they'll be posts for me tonight, Sunday evenings, typically. There will be something about the holiday season and CPG and retail. I'm very active within CPG and retail. You and I see each other at um, trade shows, etc. I'm a public keynote speaker at least three or four times a year. But LinkedIn is very, very active in the CPG and retail industry. So you can catch me there. You know, Don, Brett, my friend and I, we started a show called the E-Talk Show by Don and Shree. That's another one you can catch me on. 
And, that, and that's available on, on LinkedIn. Is that the best place to find YouTube? You LinkedIn is a great place. YouTube is a great place, but we put up all the content on YouTube. And I'll include your links on, on the show notes for this, for this podcast. So if very you, kind, Mike, thank you. Tree, thanks again for, for being part of this. Have a great holiday season. And again, I appreciate uh, your friendship and, and you taking time. I know you're a busy, very busy person with all your activities going on to, to be part of this podcast. And I think a lot of the wisdom that you shared with today was uh, uh, very valuable to a lot of the people out there. Well, Mike, I want to sincerely thanking you for honoring me by asking me to come on your podcast show in the first place. And I'll never forget the mentoring, coaching advice you gave me when you were ma- my manager back at II 20 odd years ago. So thank you very much. I want to wish all of you listening and tuning in the best for the holidays. Merry Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah, whatever it might be. Make the most, make sure, like we said in the show, uh, get some time, me time for yourself, recharge so you can be ready for 2020. Thanks, Sri. And Sri, you did, you hinted on this and I'd like to take you up on it. At some future date, I'd love to have you back on. I know you're busy, but I'd love to have maybe six months, eight months from now, maybe we could reconnect on some of the things we talked about today. We will do that, sir. Thank you, and good night. Thank you, Shree.